what is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bib DeVoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India Ari. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis have been making number one hits for other people for decades. They're here to talk about their new group, teaming up with Babyface and the decades and decades of hits. Cafe Mocha begins now. This show is all about music makers and we have, I mean, come on. The first time ever. I'm fangirling out. Get Jimmy off the floor. <laughs> Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on the line. I, I mean, so many hits that there's you know we can't even go down the list but right. welcome to the show guys thank you for having thank us. you for having us well, well before we get started with your new stuff i just want to say that you got me through college with janet jackson thank you so much for bringing her and the control and it gave me empowerment i went to an hbcu so to have this moment with you too i just yes. get emotional so thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much we appreciate that glad like that like that oh, absolutely we're, talk, we're talking to jimmy jam and terry lewis and so i want to go back even further because mm -hmm. obviously everybody remembers when the first time album came out mm. and we flipped mm -hmm. it over yes. and we saw these two cool cats i mean yes. all you guys were cool but mm -hmm. um Jam, take us back to the early days and, and, you know, when you went from musicians to like superstars. <laughs> like we're always superstars. We're always superstars. They were born superstars. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, I think we, um, first of all, we all grew up knowing each other and playing together back in Minneapolis. It was a very competitive music scene. I know anybody that saw the movie Purple Rain knows that there was sort of the battle of the bands and all the competing bands and stuff. That's the way we grew up. Mm -hmm. um, Prince and Morris Day had a band together. Um, I was in a band of my own. Terry Lewis had a band of his own. And everybody was all competing for those spots. And eventually Morris and Prince joined together. Um, uh, well, well, Morris and us joined together, actually, in, in the time. Um, but it was all just very competitive and stuff. So we were known, and, and it was all about, really, the competition. And then when we... Prince and Time, we toured together, and every night we were trying to, you know, kick Prince's ass. I mean, that was our, our <laughs> thing we were trying to do. And, uh, and, and some nights we were successful, some we weren't, but it was a great learning experience. And for us, it never was about trying to be famous or anything or trying to be stars. It was just doing what we love to do, which was be around our friends and just play music and try to make the best music we possibly could. But the early days was great. It was a lot of fun. And we're friends with those, all those people <laughs> you know, even up to now. I mean, so it was great. But uh, Terry, uh, being black men in this industry and making it and still having a legacy, can we, can you talk about, you know, any type of struggles that you all had to go through just to, you know, get signed and how did you guys start working together? Well, as a black man, I certainly can speak to that. Uh, <laughs> struggles. <laughs> It's the same struggles that any black man goes through. I mean, um, you have your, your your struggles within your own community, but then you have the extra struggles 
that come from other parts of the community. Uh, in Minneapolis, we had a, a, a lot of black musicians, but we had very little um, opportunity in, in terms of places to play. So we had to create our own business models and, and we'd print up flyers and we'd rent like hotel bar rooms or we do deals with uh, different venues that, hey, we'll take the door and you take the bar kind of deals. And we'd have to make our own gigs because there was just not enough places for us to play. But, you know, you roll those things over into your future and those things give you a good business kind of acumen that you take forward and we actually use all those skills that we learned back as kids today as businessmen. So, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what we say. That's Amen. right. And 2020 didn't kill us. Uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis <laughs> on the line. Their new single is called He Don't Know Nothing About It. Um, we've got more coming up. Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo, Happy 2021 on the line, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, just umpteenth years worth of hits mm -hmm. on the line yes. right here. You, you know what I wanted to ask them? Who created the look of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? Because that's such a signature look. The Blues Brothers, uh, the Blues Brothers stole it. They stole it. <laughs> Say that. Yeah, the, the Blues Brothers stole it from us, actually. But uh, no, uh, no, listen, when we were growing up, we always wanted to try to look nice. We always were trying to be in suits and that kind of stuff. And honestly, we couldn't afford anything. So what we used to do is we used to go to thrift shops back in the day. And we you could buy a suit for maybe $10, $15, go have it tailored up really nice. And the same with hats. You know, I have, I remember Terry Lewis back when he was like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. I got a picture in the studio of him with his red, black, and green bass. And he's got his fedora on. So we, that was always just our style. And we just decided to carry it forward. We just thought it was a classy style to have and a timeless style to have. So we just kind of stuck with it over the years. And it's kind of become our signature. And you were right. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It still works. Right. And um, well, you have to wear the, you have to wear the clothes. You can't let the clothes wear you. So that's <laughs> fashion is where, uh, uh, well, where style meets personality that creates fashion so the yeah. clothes fit us yeah and yeah. they look good and i knew that's why i said i said the blues brothers you know the white people always taking stuff from us they that was like <laughs> I, I, looked, I was like really really y'all so but i you know still to this day when we see you all we know that that is Jam and Lewis. Now, uh, let's talk about the new current single, He Don't Know Nothing About It, featuring your longtime producer, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. How did this come about, uh, Terry? What? Oh, Jam, go ahead. I'll let you speak. Oh, really? Oh, thank you, Terry Lewis. Um, <laughs> I feel like I speak all the time. I like I like hearing Terry speak. I do anyway, too. Um, yeah, me too. I, I'm telling you, I tell, <laughs> Terry's the smartest man always in any room. That's why I like to hear him talk. I like to just absorb it. But um, no, the combination with Babyface was really like um, it was something we had always wanted to do, and um, we just never got around to doing it. It's kind of like the whole project was like that. And so we finally, last year at the Soul Train Awards, we were honored to get the award uh, from Babyface, actually presented us with a, an award. 
um, which was very cool. And we started talking about we should get together and do something. And we finally made that happen. And it was interesting because in the days now that we live in where, you know, it's basically verses and everybody was saying, y'all should do a verses against each other or whatever. And we were like, oh, no, we'd rather just team up and do a little something and see where that leads us. And um, we're really happy about it. And the other thing that's cool about it for us is that Babyface let us produce him. You know, it was <laughs> like uh, normally he produces his own stuff. So when we were in the studio and he'd start singing, and then he'd stop himself and go, wait, wait, let me get that again. And we go, no, no, just sing, man. We got you. We got you. <laughs> so it took it took a little bit for, for that to happen. But he did. We got him to play guitar. He wanted to hire a different guitar player to come in and play. And we kind of tricked him. We just said, oh, just go ahead and put a couple parts down just for to give us a guide on what to do. And then we just l- left those parts on the record and turned them up. So like all the guitars and everything you hear on the record, everything on that song that you hear is all basically just babyface uh, along with Terry and I producing and playing a little bit of keyboards and stuff, but it was great working with him. He was fantastic. Well, let's, let's listen to it right now. So I would love if one of you would introduce it for us and we play it. So I'm not going to say who, but I would love to hear Terry introduce it, but okay, go ahead, Jam. No, I'm, just for that, I'm going to let Jimmy Jam do it because Jimmy Jam's the DJ, not me. Okay. Oh, so here we go. Oh, okay. no. That's the reverse psychology going on here. This is crazy. Okay. All right. So here we go. I want everybody to know that this is our brand new, sort of in a way you could call it our debut single from Jam and Lewis, along with Babyface. And the song is called, not he doesn't know anything about it, but he don't know nothing about it. Mm. But he better learn. <laughs> it's Cafe Mocha. <laughs> Cafe Mocha, Happy New Year. It's Angelique, Lonnie, Love, and Yo-Yo on the line. <sighs> hit after hit after right. hit. Sam and Terry Lewis. Um, dating all the way back to, you know, I remember what I consider the first album, The Time, is when I was introduced to you you know, uh-huh. all the Janet Jackson stuff. But let me let me ask you about the transition from becoming musicians to right. producers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the kids know all your music because I shouldn't say the kids, the world knows all your music yes. because you've got 30 years of it. But when did you guys go, eh, you know, I think we'll just, I shouldn't say just produce, just produce some major hits, but we're going to, we're going to sit in the back and we're going to make, make hits. Yeah. Well, producing came about as a, a, almost a necessity because I mean, if you, if you think of anything that you've developed over your life, we're musicians first, we're songwriters second and we're producers third. The mm. only reason we started producing is because we would write songs and then other people would try to produce them, but they would never come out the way we would want them to. So like young black man from the hood, from the projects, I didn't even know what a producer was. Mm-hmm. You know, you read the credits, wow. but you just, you, you don't know all the particulars. So, you know, we would give songs to people and they would come back and we'd say, man, we could have did this. We could have did that. We should have did it like this and whatever should have happened. So then we had to learn the craft ourselves. Right. And back back in the day we started, there were no synthesizers. 
there were no drum machines. Mm-hmm. So you actually had to know how to express music uh, vernacular. You had to be able to speak music to people. So we had to learn that whole process of how to speak to other musicians. And it, there, you couldn't do it all by yourself unless you were Prince at the time. <laughs> uh, because he, he actually played every instrument formally and then he learned all the synthesizers to actually make it all work. Mm. So, you mm. know, for us, it was just how we had to do things back in the time that we had to learn how to produce in order to get our songs across the way we wanted them to. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, Jam and Lewis. Their current single is He Don't Know Nothing About It, featuring longtime producer Kenny Babyface Edmonds. You know, I'm going to ask this because I may never get to interview you all ever again. You've been friends for how many years and how do you keep that friendship going? It's a new year. We need to talk more about friendship, especially between Black men. And uh, just your thoughts on it. Well, I've known Terry, I think we met back in, uh, we're debating whether it was 72 or 73. So (laughs) it was back in the day. Um, And, um, but really, first of all, it was, I have to say it was love at first sight when we met each other. We, um, I saw Terry Lewis playing a a cool in the gang bass part. And I just said, I got to get to know this brother. Like some about him is just cool. I think Terry saw me playing the piano. He always says it's for a bunch of girls or something. He's got some sort of story like that, but Anyway, we just were attracted to each other. And then we were in competing bands for a long time, um, as I mentioned earlier. And But every time, it wasn't like we were getting mad at each other. We were admiring each other. Like, you know, Terry's band would kick my band's ass, and I'd be like, 
yeah, Terry, man, he's band's really good or whatever. So we finally got together and our, our, and our really our relationship is built on respect. That's the, always the biggest part of it. And also when you think back on it and the 40 some years we've been together and known each other, we've never had an argument. And a lot of people get, well, why didn't you ever have an argument? How could that be? And I said, because an argument is something you're trying to win. So when you're having an argument with somebody and you're trying to win something, that isn't what we were trying to do. We were always trying to come up with a solution to maybe a disagreement. We might have a disagreement about something and that's different because now we can find a solution to it. So that's the way we always looked at it. And then we took it out of like, who's, what was the best way? It was all about the best way of getting things done. It wasn't my way. It wasn't his way. What's the best way. And that's the way we approach it. And we also shook hands business-wise. We shook hands uh, when we first, you know, got together business-wise, we basically shook hands. We said 50-50. And that eliminated everything that we could ever argue about because nobody's worried about, hey, it's my song, but that's my lyric, but that's my melody, but that's my bridge, but that's my, you know, there's none of that conversation. It's just about let's go make great music if we can. Fantastic. You know what I love so much? I mean, first of all, um, this is currently blowing my mind, the um, Jam, Lewis, and Babyface. Um, he don't know nothing about it song first of all the song is amazing all of my dj friends sent it to me and uh i had one of my friends send it to me and was like yo yo this is really hot have you heard it and it's it's i'm so grateful to um speak to you guys um one of the reasons why i love you guys so so congratulations on you know just your amazing success in the industry and to be able to continue to push out hits and to continue work together as brothers is something that the industry really admires, I know. And I just wanna say one of my favorite songs um, that I'd love for you guys to speak on is Karen White. I'm not your... Right, everyone was singing it everywhere. It we was all like you know, <laughs> super woman. Okay, it was one of another big hit that we all just love from you, the way you guys were able to just bring not only um, music together, but you know, the way you cap- uh, captured women. Well, I, I well, just have to say that was baby face. That wasn't us. Yeah, <laughs> that oh. wasn't us. Oh. <laughs> and, but it was nice record. Good, yeah, it was a good record. It was a real oh. good record. Good record. Oh. Really good record, hit record. Oh. You, you know, we always <laughs> like to say, you know, there's, there's, there's three kinds of records or three kinds of uh, uh, pieces of music. There's good music, bad music, and hits. And that one was a hit. That and that's was. undisputable. Well, <laughs> yes. I heard. Yes, it was. Well, I heard you guys. Are, um, you've been in studio with Yolanda Adams. Is it, please say that's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's an ab- absolute fact. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we used to say back in the old day, a true fact. No. Oh, true fact. <laughs> so, are we looking at some um, some something for for twenty twenty one? Absolutely. Yes. Yolanda is one of one of the best ever, and man, we have so much fun recording with her. We're just glad that she's back in the studio, ready to make some new music. We're really excited. I don't, guys. I don't mean to be salty, but I bought <laughs> I bought two Uh-oh. sets. No, three. Wait, hold it. Three sets of Janet Jackson concert tickets for her last mm-hmm. tour. I've seen her uh-huh. yet. Right, she, went, she went off, got pregnant. 
Then Sound a little salty to me. Sound a little salty. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is there, I mean, when it comes to Janet, will there be any upcoming music? I know it's hard to talk about touring right now, but do we see any touring in the future? I, should I make a fourth purchase of Janet ticket? Is what I want to know. Well, you should definitely you should definitely make a fourth purchase of Janet tickets when they come when they become available. And of course, that'll be a great day because that'll mean that uh, we're past the, uh, you know, the worst of the pandemic. And maybe we have a a cure or the vaccine is uh, working okay, so we can get people together like that again. Um, uh, But I would bet definitely on some new music from Janet coming in 2021. Uh, And, um, you know, I, I think look forward to it. Because I, I think did. she has a lot to say. She's in the she's in the part of her career that I always like to say. She has nothing to prove but a lot to say. Right. And if you Definitely. think about all of her records over the years, they've always been a commentary, if you will, on things that are happening in the world, things that are happening in her personal life, and always with the thought of the kind of trying to bring people together um, and do great things. So I think I would expect that. I would I would hope that that's going to happen in 2021 the single is called he know nothing about it featuring longtime producer friend kenny babyface Edmonds. it's been our honor to have jamming lewis on cafe mocha thank you so much for your time gentlemen and keep producing the great music thank you so much for coming to cafe mocha thank you for having us to cafe mocha and one quick little small thing it's not about it it's just about it he don't know nothing about it. <laughs> we got you. Thank you so much. And Thank continue you. congratulations. Health, continue good health, Jam. Thank you guys. Real much. We, we appreciate it so much. And uh love, much love to Cafe Mocha, the crew. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Most definitely. Bye-bye. Bye guys. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique. Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo, April is Autism Awareness Month. And I just want you to imagine being 20, 30, 40 years old, and suddenly being diagnosed with autism. Hmm. For our next guest, Morgan Harper Nichols. She was a full grown woman, 30 plus years old, and she got diagnosed with autism. And she's written a book to share some of her story. Uh, Morgan, thank you so much for joining Cafe Mocha. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you as well. Thank you for having me. And yes, that is definitely my story. <laughs> um, it, it's still very surreal because I mean, I, I literally just got diagnosed um, like weeks ago, but it is, um, I'm really, I'm grateful that I, I have it now because it gives an explanation to so many of the things that I've been dealing with in my life. Tell us a little bit about autism for those who don't know what autism is. Yeah, so autism is a neurological disorder, and it just it affects your ability to function. And one of the key words with autism is spectrum. So autism spectrum disorder. So autism, it, because it's a spectrum, it can look different on every you know person to person. And because of that, as a result, a lot of girls, a lot of women go undiagnosed or even misdiagnosed because a lot of the people who are studied were oftentimes male. So um, for a, a girl with autism, I, mean, I was undiagnosed growing up. For me, that was a lot of really struggling with communication and social skills. 
and also a lot of people on the spectrum they deal with different sensory issues and yeah it's, it's just a, a very um it, it's just your daily life just looks a lot you know different quote unquote to maybe some other people and um and yeah it's just we all need support in, in one way or another so you you say that this happened weeks ago I mean mm-hmm. what what did you do did you call home did you like how did you handle getting that bit of information because that's like finding out you know at 31 that you're adopted or finding out mm-hmm. like that's a bombshell how did you process and I know you're still processing it but how you know what'd you do yeah so if- <laughs> The first thing I did was I just sat in the car in the parking lot for a long time and just kind of stared, honestly. And then I just, because again, like the whole communication thing, it could be a lot. So I actually put like all my family in a group text. <laughs> I was wow. just like, hey guys, I got the diagnosis. <laughs> um, so I'm like, it's going to take me a minute to, you know, even talk about it. And I think that's ultimately... I mean, just like even as recently as yesterday, like I was talking to my dad about it and it's and it's just like it still is very hard to talk about it because unfortunately there's just so much stigma around around just needing to appear like you have it together, you know. And for me, this was a big moment of, hey, you don't you don't have it all figured out, but that's okay. So I am definitely still walking into that and, and becoming more, more confident and, and more able to talk about it. Um, You know, whether it's with my family who is very supportive or with others out there as well. We're talking to Morgan Harper Nichols. Her new book is called How Far You Have Come, Musings on Beauty and Courage. She's an artist and poet. Um, Did you have a question, Yo-Yo? Go ahead. Well, I just loved, I wanted her to tell us a little bit about her book. I see it has poetry and essays, and I am in love with poetry, of course, and essay writing. So I, I would love for you to tell us a lot about, your, I mean, you know, about your book. Yes. Yeah, so I wrote this book. Um, it, it was inspired. It started with an iPhone photo on my phone, which is the cover of the book. And I was going through my phone. This was kind of at the beginning of the first lockdown, and I was kind of just reflecting on some beautiful travel moments that I had had since I wasn't traveling. And I found this photo that I took in New Mexico at sunrise. And I was like, isn't this so interesting that this photo is so beautiful, but at the same time, this was such a really difficult time in my life. I was in my twenties. I was broke and tired, which I'm like, I can usually do one of those, but those together are very hard. Very hard to sustain broke and tired for a long time. Um, So, yeah, I was just feeling everything. But I was like, at the same time, I walked away with this beautiful moment. So the whole book is inspired by moments just like that, where the landscape itself was teaching me and showing me something beautiful, all while in my own life, I was learning how to be courageous in some ways. So I talk about some career failures that I just like barely put in the book because they're kind of embarrassing. Mm. <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I talk about just learning how to lean into my creativity after experiencing rejection, some awkward friendship stuff. 
Um, and it's all, every story happens on a different landscape. And I just hope that this book encourages other people to look at the landscapes of their own life and mm -hmm. see what you've learned and how far you've come in all the different places that you've been. You know, April is Autism Awareness Month. Um, you have a popular Instagram feed, as you said. You have a loyal um, community of over 1 million followers, including wow. the likes of Reese Witherspoon and Michelle Obama and, and others. Uh, I love Chrissy Metz as well. How does it feel to have so many people, um, you know, admire and follow you? Do you feel like it's a responsibility now? Yeah, it it does feel um, like a lot. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, it does. It does. And I every day I'm having to like take deep breaths, and I just try to focus on one person at a time. <laughs> I'm like, let me just imagine. I, I'm a very visual person, and oftentimes I will literally have like an image of my of a younger version of myself, and I say, today you're posting for her. Um, and one of those images is when I was a freshman in college and I was just so anxious and so overwhelmed. And I just have to remind myself, yes, there's all these other people here, but post for her, post for that freshman in college you who could have used words like this. So usually that helps me get the courage to press publish. I have to, <laughs> I have to think of one person that it's for. And oftentimes it's either a younger version of myself or a young person. I'm, I'm very passionate about writing for young people. So yeah, I, I try to think about that one person and that usually gives me that courage to just press publish. <laughs> Since um, your diagnosis, have you found a community of adults similar to yourself that got the autism diagnosis later in life? Yes, I, and that is just one of the, the benefits of, of having a, a, a platform because it is very hard to find other Black autistic women, um, very hard. So just by me sharing, I have been able to even connect with some other Black autistic women, which is just so special. And I I never, yeah, because I mean, even just Googling around, it's really hard to find stuff. So yeah, it's, it hasn't been like, you know, like a ton, a ton, but the, but it has been enough to, to make me realize like, okay, I'm not alone. Like there are some of us out here and we're going to find each other. Morgan, what do you say to people that has a friend that's dealing with autism? What do you say and what's the proper way to say it? Oh yeah, that's a that's really that's a really good question. You know, I I think the the biggest thing that for me, like you know, when I I had some people reach out and um, people who who would always phrase they always start off by saying, "Hey, no pressure to respond to this right now." Like that, I feel like that's probably <laughs> the best thing because um, that is a, a, a huge pillar that a lot of people deal with with autism is not always understanding social cues and different to and tone and things like that. So just taking the pressure off, you know, of like, "Hey, no need to respond." And then that follow, you know, respond right now, like respond on your own time. <laughs> and then after that, it's like, you know, how can I support you? Um, because, you know, everybody's going to have something different. But I think um, taking that pressure off of needing to respond right away, I, I'm so grateful to have friends who, who can see that and understand that, like, 
yeah, if I don't text back, it's not because I don't want to. It's, it's because I'm I'm trying to figure out all this other stuff. And yeah, that that is a huge um, relief to have people who are willing to give you that time and that space. I, I just feel like, you know, even beyond autism, there's so much pressure in, in our rushed world, you know, to always have an immediate response and immediate reaction mm-hmm. to things. So I think it's good to just kind of take that pressure off like, okay, all right, (laughs) I can breathe a little bit and then respond. Good to know. Morgan Harper Nichols is an artist and poet. The book is called How Far You Have Come, Musings on Beauty and Courage. Thank you for your courage, Morgan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Loving our brothers, men with strength, wisdom, assertive, and genuine in their spirit. It's the Cafe Mocha Swag hosted by Rashawn McDonald. What's up, Rashawn? Who's got swag this week? Thank you, ladies. It's Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations. This week, I sat down with Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner, Chris Lee. This young man wears many hats. He's an actor, singer, dancer, and musician. He was in the hit Broadway musical Hamilton and is currently on the third season of the CW series Legacies. He wants to encourage everyone to break through their limitations, remain faithful, and stay committed to your dreams. Yeah, man, it it really is. I think it's all about what your desire is. You know what I mean? A lot of people value different things. I find that when people have the pursuit of entertainment, a lot of times they see the glamorous part of it, right? Like they see the money you can make, the fame you can gain, the Instagram followers, TikTok streams, all that kind of stuff. Like you see what you can gain from it. And I think that I just kind of, I don't, I don't know why, I just never had that in me. It was really more about the art. I love acting. I love singing. I love writing. I love performing. I love telling stories in completely different vehicles. If you want to hear this full interview and more, visit moneymakingconversation.com. Keep winning. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. All eyes are on Elizabeth City, North Carolina, where Andrew Brown was shot in the back of the head by police. Roland Martin's there, and it's shady. The county attorney uh, says if you're not under the jurisdiction of the North Carolina Bar, you can't come in. Uh, And then only releasing 20 seconds of the video. (laughs) The actions out here have been just astounding. First Lady Michelle Obama wants us to get vaccinated. Barack and I are so thrilled that we got our COVID-19 vaccine because this is a deadly disease and this vaccine will protect us from getting really sick. Go to cdc.gov slash coronavirus for more or better yet, go to cvs.com and just schedule a shot. And the Black Lady Sketch Show is back on HBO. Just because I smashed a few men's for loaves and fishes doesn't mean I'll do it again. Wait, why did you do that? Jesus just gives away the loaves and fishes for free. For free? Yeah, he multiplies them in a basket. What are you why doing? Are you, doing that? you know you slept with somebody for some loaves and fishes. No, we didn't. Have literally never done that. Black Lady Sketch Show Fridays on HBO or streaming on HBO Max. That's the espresso. Just a reminder, there's no more waiting your turn for the COVID vaccine. Anyone 16 and up can get a shot. And the quickest way to do it, the easiest way, is probably just at your local drugstore. Go to their website, pick a day, pick a time, CVS, Walgreens, even some local grocery store chains are involved. 
A lot of those huge mega sites are being shut down, so there's no more standing in long lines. Just make an appointment at your nearest drugstore. That's the show for this week. If you need us, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Check it out. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. <laughs>